Phoenix Suns rang in the new year with a big win over the Orlando Magic. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, we'll break down how balance was the key to getting a third straight W. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen. To start off 2024, welcome in. If you're finding us for the first time, hit follow, hit subscribe. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. So just hit that button, get a new show in your feed every Monday through Friday, become an everydayer, get locked on to the Phoenix Suns right along with me all season long. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 straight to your account if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, the Phoenix Suns won, 112 to 107. We are going to start with our moment of the game, as we always do, which started right after the Orlando Magic went up one point in the fourth quarter at the nine minute and 26 second mark. The Suns are better than the Magic, even with a surprisingly strong season for Orlando so far. They are a below 500 road team and they are a young team, and they just aren't quite up to snuff versus Phoenix. And we saw the Suns prove that. Sometimes that is what you have to do, and that is the best way to analyze what happened. The rest of the way from that Gary Harris go-ahead three-pointer on, the Suns got... 11, sorry, 13 of 17 points the rest of the way that they scored were scored or assisted by Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. All right, and that's that's important for a few reasons. One, it's your best players taking over. And again, Paolo Bancaro and, and Franz Wagner are going to be a very good duo for a very long time, but... In this particular game, they their threes did not go in, and they just didn't get enough from the rest of their supporting cast to win this game. The Suns' best players were able to make it happen, right? You had uh, a couple of turnovers in this stretch for the Magic the rest of the way. Only two, but it starts to add up. Some missed threes, as I mentioned. Meanwhile, the Suns executed. The other part of it that's important there, though, is who did not contribute to the scoring. And that was Devin Booker. I'm not saying it's good that Booker didn't score as much in the fourth quarter, but what I'm saying is you saw the balance and the unpredictability that this offense can have now that all three guys are healthy. 
There were a few possessions midway through this fourth quarter where Booker looked like he was settling into some of the bad habits that we've seen at times this year, bringing the ball up very slowly, settling for, we'll call them iffy shots, you know, just contested jumpers, again, late in the clock because of the lack of pace and not attacking mismatches, not getting downhill, not, you know, really making the defense rotate. He backs off, goes into more of an initiator mode. The other two guys step up, and there you go. Durant, in the beginning of the fourth quarter, had a couple of other moments where he was forcing things himself. He gets it right and figures it out and closes this game for this team. And Beal also, I would say there were times throughout the second half, despite a strong first half from him, where you saw, I, w- I wouldn't say, you know, it's it's hard not to use like an overly strong description, like they forgot about him or they were ignoring him. I wouldn't even say it was all that intense or that purposeful, definitely. But the reality was Beal wasn't as involved at times in that in that second half until this stretch, right? He scored the next two buckets right after that Harris three and then sat for three and a half minutes and then made another mid-range jumper that Booker assisted on as soon as he checked back in around that three-minute mark. So his aggressiveness was on full display. Six of those final 17 points were him, and he only played for half the time remaining in the game. So... Sometimes the Suns are going to face teams where they just pull it out because they have the talent. And that's a basic analysis. That is surely not everything that happened in this game. And we will get into some of what else happened in this game. But it's pretty impressive to say that about facing an Orlando Magic squad that has more than proven themselves this season already. A physical, big Magic team that the Suns easily could have struggled with, but stayed out of foul trouble, stayed aggressive, stayed poised and purposeful with their offense, and found a way to push the right buttons and get a win with their three best guys all scoring 20-plus pretty efficiently. I would say very efficiently. Book just had a little bit of an inefficient night and with two turnovers combined between the three of them. That's how you overcome some things and use your talent to win. If any one of those three players had a bad night, that doesn't happen. But they all figured out how to be effective together and playing off of one another and taking a back seat when they needed to. This is the type of game that I don't think I would have expected that we could have seen with so little time under their belt together. This is a great sign going forward of a starting point being such a high level already. Let's talk about how the Suns played a clean game and what I mean by that next. First, today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL season, regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed 
when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets straight to your account, win or lose. Their app is easy to use, and there's a bunch of different ways to bet in addition to those money lines, including live same-game parlays, new bets in the Explore tab, a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and find popular ones there as well, and much more. I've told you before, take the easy money line, get the bonus bets, and get to work. The Denver Nuggets are hosting the Charlotte Hornets on Monday night. They are minus 1,350 favorites. So there you go. Put a little money on the Nuggets, get that bonus bet right to your account, and get to work. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We're keeping it rolling here. 112 107. The Phoenix Suns get a win over the Magic. Let's talk about how they won a clean game. For the first time in a while, you could say the first time all season. The Magic are a team that win on the margins a lot of nights. They tend to, at their best, get to the line. Both of their best players get to the line. They get offensive rebounds. They they play really big. In this game, we saw them play Wendell Carter and Mo, and Mo Wagner together in the first half. Now, I don't know about the offensive uh I don't know if that's the greatest idea on the offensive end, but it makes them formidable from a size standpoint for sure. They force a lot of turnovers. And they have a great bench. So yes, they have Paolo, they have Franz. They stagger those two quite a bit. Those two can go off. They combine for 55, 16, and 13 tonight on only five turnovers. But, you know, both of them took a lot of shots, didn't get to the line much. So... That starts to cut away at the margins a little bit, makes it even more important for them to nail all the other stuff, and they didn't, and that's a huge credit to the Suns. That's how the Suns played a clean game. Orlando only had nine offensive rebounds. Really, only Goga Batadze, their starting center, was able to make a real impact there, and he was in foul trouble. You also saw them turn the ball over themselves 16 excuse me 16 times and the suns only turned it over 6 times the suns got to the line 19 times all from their starters the magic only got to the line 12 times from a suns standpoint we know the fourth quarter has been a real struggle for them now i do think the magic you could make the case went a little bit cold, okay? Um, I wouldn't argue with you there. I think that they were two of like eight or nine from three, missed a bunch inside the arc. You're not going to hear an argument from me that the Suns caught a break a little bit, but I mentioned the balance of their stars. I mentioned seizing that game and and balancing out, uh, figuring it out and, and, They didn't just get lucky, but they did catch a break. Maybe that's the same thing. But we know fourth quarters have been a struggle. They won the fourth quarter. The best thing you can say, I guess, about the fourth quarter for Phoenix tonight is they did not beat themselves. I believe that they did not turn the ball over one time in the fourth quarter. And I believe the Magic did not get a single offensive rebound in the second half. Kevin Ray said that at one point. I don't know if it held until the very, very end of the game. 
I believe it did, though, because I'm not seeing one pop up when I look at the play-by-play. So all of that together is a an incredible example of the Suns overcoming their own mistakes, cleaning up what has been a complete travesty for them at times this year, which is turnovers and lack of execution and lack of aggressiveness in the fourth quarter, just playing like they want to be anywhere else, frankly. I know it might feel... Uh, a bad time to bring that up, but I'm bringing it up to say that they are now not suffering from those same things. The Suns are on the right track because they're winning three straight. They are also on the right track because they are simply not making the same mistakes that they did earlier in the year. Let's look a little bit deeper. The second half featured a bigger bounce back in the bench lineups. Duran in the first half was only a plus four. By the end of the game, he's a plus nine. Jamezi Metu had a big second half with a couple of nice plays and some rebounding moments. I thought the minutes where the Suns went small with Metu at the five against uh, Carter at the five went better in the second half. In the first half, the Suns tried to play the small lineup with Metu against the huge lineups that Orlando was putting out there. That was a recipe for disaster. Part of that is the early immediate foul that Goga got called for to start the second half out after he already had three fouls and he basically didn't play much the rest of the way. But part of it, again, was Metu making those plays. Again, that is cleaning things up over the course of a game. Credit that to the coaching staff, to Metu, to the other guys out there in those small lineups, whatever you want to do. I would also say that the fact that the Suns, outside of that one Gary Harris moment, <clears throat> you can be upset that the Suns sort of coughed away a double-digit lead they were up 13 after the first quarter. They were even up nine after the at halftime. Then they're only up two going into the fourth. Sure, I get that that might have felt a little bit like deja vu, but the thing I would say there is they didn't give up a lead. They didn't turn it into, you know, magic up five, right? <coughs> so they were able to still play comfortably is what it really felt like to me. Clean, right? You can allow another team to make a run. Nobody's saying you can't. And of course, the Magic are a good team. They're going to make a run. They have good players. They have microwave scorers like Franz, like Cole Anthony. Wendell Carter got hot. Okay. You know, Gary Harris is a microwave guy too. He didn't really do it tonight. But what you can't do is go from dominating to just falling apart. And the Suns didn't do that. They played a much cleaner game. So whether it's the box score and some of the things that the Suns have not been able to get out of their own way with, like turnovers and rebounds, or just the mentality and mindset to stack up successively solid stretches and 
improve over the course of the game, correct things over the course of the game. The Suns passed every test tonight. Beating a good team by five at home, where all of your best guys play well. It, it's tough to ask for more than that. And they did it because they played clean. Next, let's talk about the rotation, what Frank Vogel went to tonight, and some more of the stats behind the Suns' big win. Next, first, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks has come in. They have fixed daily fantasy sports. And with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from Prize Picks Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. What does that mean? Well, you can combine LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey, for instance, at a 10.5 combo of threes made plus receptions. You can say a lot of things about Kelsey this year. He's at least catching some passes. We know LeBron's threes are going in. Or you could pick whatever your version is. That means a completely different experience, a completely better experience than any other daily fantasy sports game because you can combine but best of all you're not playing against an opponent no league no head-to-head no pool it is just you versus the prize picks player projections they also offer quick withdrawals easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types all making prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app so go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nba and use the code locked on nba when you make your first deposit to get that deposit matched up to $100. That means if you put 100 in, Prize Picks matches it up to $100. PrizePicks.com slash locked on NBA. Promo code locked on NBA is the way to get that deposit match. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Let's close out the show. The Phoenix Suns again, winners, 112 107. A few last things to hit on here before we get out and celebrate 2024. Bench mob vibe check. This is where we look at the rotation. And it was different once again tonight. Only nine guys, but effectively more like only seven guys really played. Saban Lee did not get minutes tonight. So that was a difference from the past couple of games. Honestly, kind of felt like you could have tried him against Cole Anthony. But okay, whatever. Cole Anthony only played 18 minutes, so... Okogi was out there against him for a little bit of that, and they won anyway. But, okay. Just something to note. Lee does have a purpose, and Anthony's the type of guy you might want to see him against, but fine. And then, uh, so Okogi only played seven, as I mentioned. And then Azubuki only played eight. The Azubuki thing was interesting because it just felt like, you know, a reminder that he's a young player. I mean, I know he's not that young. He's been in the league a little while inexperienced is always the better word, I think, with some of these guys where like Metu, Bates-Diop, etc., Eubanks, it's like they're not really young anymore, but they're inexperienced. Goodwin would belong in there too. So I think it was one of those games for Azubuki. It's like, yeah, I think he could have an impact against a, I guess like, okay, Batadze and, and Wagner, they used, and, and Carter, they use those guys as, dribble handoff initiators. They use them as floor spacers. So maybe even though they're big, Azubuki having to be on the perimeter doesn't make a ton of sense. You would say the same thing about Nurkic, but at least with the center, with the backup center spot, it seemed like Vogel just liked Metu, even if he was giving up some size, at least to be more mobile and be able to switch or blow up something on the perimeter or you know close out for a contest or some of those types of things. Fair enough. 
But Azubuki, I think, could have made an impact. It's just a, a weird night for him. And then you had Eric Gordon, who didn't do much of anything. Um, he had some nice drive-and-kick moments. He was at least you know, part of the good pace and everything else. He had a, a nice uh, defensive moment against uh, Palo Bancaro in the fourth quarter. But weird night for him after he had been so hot recently. But, you know, it's a veteran guy who is very predicated on his threes going in. So there's going to be some nights like this from Gordon where he doesn't make a huge impact. Again, you want to talk about clean and reasons the Suns won in spite of some inconsistencies. They were 8 of 27 from deep in this game, but and, and they still won. But back to the, the rotation. The Suns played seven guys. They had to play Booker and Durant 38 minutes, or 37 and 38 apiece. And then Beal played 35, so the minutes limit, you know, kind of off for him. Vogel said at shoot-around this morning that Beal is feeling great. So check that box. It seems like he's back to normal uh, for now, right? So I'm not even taking an issue with anything. I obviously think Saban Lee, okay, maybe he could have played a little more, maybe in a different version of the game, Azabuki. But I'm just pointing it out. I'm just drawing your attention to it as we kind of chart forward because it sounds like Nasir Little has... Something that flares up after games is what Frank Vogel said. He kind of compared it to a, a tendonitis type of situation. That doesn't sound great. Maybe he's out for, maybe they just try to rest him for a prolonged stretch, but, you know, he was inconsistent all year as well, and it's not like he makes or breaks this team. So effectively, you're looking at a full Suns ro rotation, a fully healthy Suns team right now, and this is what the rotation is for the time being. I think the seven guys who played legitimate minutes right now, those are the only locks night to night. Maybe Saban Lee or Jordan Goodwin do play next game in place of Akogi or alongside Akogi. Maybe at some point, if Azabuki has, it doesn't prove to be consistent enough, do they try Eubanks again? I personally don't think they should. We don't know. Do Watanabe or Bates Diop ever get another look? What has to happen for, for them to, you know, maybe a night where Gordon sits, you could see one of them playing. But for now, I think it's those seven. I think the eight, nine, ten are Okogi, Azabuki, and Lee. It's just going to be matchup based. Last thing here, I wanted to go back actually to the Friday game <coughs> as well as tonight's game to look at something because. Cleaning the Glass, which is a really good stats site that I use for a lot of the numbers that I share with you guys on the show, wasn't updating the Suns, uh, the, the Suns Hornets stats from the other night. But this is a trend as far as let's do a box score oddity that has continued for a while. And I pointed it out the first game that I noticed it, but it's worth continuing to look at. The Suns are running off of misses a ton lately. So in that game against Charlotte, they ran on almost 40% of Charlotte's missed shots, right? So again, there's tiers to running in transition in the NBA, in basketball. You can run off of turnovers that you create, steals and blocks. That's easy. Everybody runs off of that because it's a fast break most of the time. Then there is this part of it, the one I'm talking about, running off of misses, when the opponent misses a shot, 
you try to turn that into a transition opportunity. That's what the Suns did almost 40% of the time on Friday and almost 30% of the time tonight. In both situations, they were pretty good scoring off of those. Tonight, they were actually even better in terms of converting those opportunities. The last tier, which doesn't get measured, at least on cleaning the glass, I'm not sure if it gets measured anywhere. I think it does. I don't have access to that. Is running off of made shots. So this is like Sacramento and you know the seven seconds or less Suns. Teams in, in NBA history that have been super crazy about pushing tempo they will take the ball out of the net, inbound it, and get transition looks that way. But even the Suns focusing on running off of misses can get them pretty far. It is not something teams are typically ready for. It is a way to take advantage of the multiple ball handlers. Frankly, sometimes five ball handlers that the Suns have, five playmakers, five guys who can be comfortable when the ball lands with them. It's a great way to take advantage of that. And it is another way, I know this might be like too deep, but it is another way that the Suns can punish teams who try to take a lot of threes against them, right? Um, Tonight, it felt like in the first half, Orlando might be in for another big shooting night, just like we've seen a lot of teams have against the Suns lately. It didn't end up panning out that way, but if teams feel like they can do that against the Suns, and obviously some of how the Suns are defending is going to allow those threes, although a lot of it's still miscues and mistakes, frankly. But hey, if that's going to happen and we know that part of our defense is a little bit leaky or creates opportunities for opponents to take advantage of, why don't we flip that back on them yet again and run when they miss those shots and missed threes are the best shots to run on and give the team a green light to say, hey, if there's a, a clank off the back, back, the back of the rim that you can try to go get a dunk out of or an open three out of, go for it. And it feels like that's been the coaching staff's message lately, and it's working. So I wanted to point that trend out. Hopefully they continue it because I think it's smart and it can be a weapon for them. But that will wrap us up for the day. Don't forget to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're finding Locked On Suns today. Get a new show in your feed every single Monday through Friday. Become an everyday or get Locked On to the Suns right along with me all season long. We'll be back Monday night. Uh, might be recording with Brandon Duenas. Might not. We'll have to see where he can fit in this week. Lots of games, lots of home games, and a win streak to add on to. So it should be fun. Enjoy it. I'll talk to you then. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.